Hello, thanks for checking out this first 10 pages diary episode. It's a little different to what we normally do, but we hope you will enjoy it. I hope you'll get something out of it. Before we get into it, I want to let you know next week we've got Grant Spatori, director of I Am Mother on the show. He's chosen Jurassic Park. Can't wait. I Am Mother is on Netflix. So is Jurassic Park if you're in Australia. And the screenplay that we're reading is available on Script Slug. So if you search Jurassic Park screenplay Script Slug, you'll read the same thing that we're reading ahead of next week's episode. Cannot wait. If you want to get in touch with the show, first10pod at gmail or first10pod on social media. All right, let's get into it. Enjoy. So this um this is a new thing we're trying, a bit more of a laid back sort of catch up check in because you are a working screenwriter. Uh, so just sort of checking in on what's going on in your world, what projects you have on the go, something maybe you've just started, something you've maybe just begun. Talk us through it. What's uh where have we found you? Yeah, it's um it's, a, it's an interesting time. I, every time you introduce me as a professional screenwriter, I cringe a little bit. I think <laughs> I wonder when Sorry. that. No, I just it's it's that imposter syndrome that lives within me, and and I think the majority of writers are mistrustful of writers who don't have imposter syndrome. But I mean, there's no I can't argue against it. Like it is the sole source of my of my income. So I guess by definition it is correct, but I still it still makes me go, Oh no, not me. <laughs> I'm still I'm still emerging. I'm I'm saying all emerging professional screenwriter. I can say that if you'd prefer. Oh, I can no. adjust. I don't, I don't know I, because that word's stupid as well. Because I'm like, at what point does someone go? Oh, by the way, you've emerged. Like, I've emerged. <laughs> uh, emerging screenwriter who's trying his best, but has a lot of great things to come. Kia Wilkins, That's nice. I like who that. is not fully formed. The best is in yet. front of me. Yeah, the best is in front of you. Yeah, I'm saying it just for pure uh, validation reasons. So anyone who's listening is that like, no, no, no. At least, at least one of us knows what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, nobody. At least one anything. of us has some authority uh, to talk about it. But uh, well, yeah, you're a professional. You pay your rent with writing. So what are you writing? What What's am happened? I writing? I think last time we, we touched on uh, what we were up to. I think it was the Shaun of the Dead episode, maybe, because I was watching Shaun of the Dead in relation to a pilot that I was writing. So, yeah, um, I have finished the first draft of that, um, and I am about to go into the second draft, which hopefully will, um, you know, with a few a few tweaks and, and feeding in the notes that I've gathered from, from the various sources that will then kind of go out into the marketplace and see if there's much of an appetite for it. Um, so what's, what's happened between the, what's happened between the first draft and now the second, what will be the second draft? Who's like, have, have people read it? Have, cause that was optioned, right? It was this yes, one that was optioned? Yes. With Werner films. Um, it, yeah. So the producers and development, um, team there feedback on it um, and I've also you know shown it to a few close trusted uh, friends who have given me their thoughts as well uh, and yeah so and also it's it's always good to have that little break between the drafts so that you know time gives you new perspective on what's working and what's not working and um, it was interesting you know on our on our last episode talking about Donnie Darko because that was a a great example of um, a film that had to walk that line between how much 
do you explain how much when something's got a sci-fi element at its heart as this pilot that i'm working on does it's always a balancing act to go how much do i tell and how you know what's the line between mystery and frustration for an audience how how much do i tease and intrigue and leave things unknown so that they can have fun working it out and how much do they actually need to know to just be invested and follow the storyline um and so reading it now after having had a little break I am looking at it and going, I've put too much in, which is a common habit of mine. I've thrown way too much at it because I have this fear that people will get lost or not understand or not get what I'm going for. Um, So now I think the next draft will be a process of pulling some stuff out and going, that can wait till episode two, three, four, five. They don't need to know that to be enjoying this pilot. Um, Don't, you know, make them work for some of these answers and give them some time to like guess and, and, hopefully the the fans on reddit will be dissecting and going what do you think the answer to all of these mysteries is <laughs> uh when you're writing something with the sci-fi element how much of a question then is also how much the science needs to make sense yeah i mean that's such a project specific question i think like this one in in particular is not is not very science based at all it's kind of you know it's it's alien to a degree, so it's uh, you can kind of invent the rules that you need to work for your story. So it doesn't need to be grounded yeah. in things that are feasible or you know obey the laws of physics right. and whatnot. So uh, an example of that I love is Prometheus when they see the the, the flashback or whatever it is the 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 security footage of them launching the ship and part of the process to get the the spaceship going is the guy picks up a flute and plays a few notes on a flute. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. It's brilliant. Don't think too much about it. Yeah, it's, Don't ask it's alien. You yeah. couldn't possibly understand. So how much how long do you reckon it'll take for you to do the second draft? Uh not not too long, I don't think. I mean, it's always so much easier to be fixing problems than staring at a blank page trying to generate. Um, so I'm hopeful the process will be, you know, a couple of weeks maximum. Cool. And you're, you're someone who's always got a lot of things on the go, life of a freelance screenwriter. Yeah, so I'm also script editing a series at the moment. Um for Netflix, which is really, you know, it's nice to have another project on the go that's using a different part of the brain because it is such a different challenge, script editing, because it's, uh, you know, your job in that case is not to be so lost in the story that, you know, you're, you're obsessing over which adjective is the right adjective to use in this piece of big print. You're kind of the one keeping more of a bird's eye view, moving around the big blocks, the big building blocks of the project and going, okay, but like, how is the pace? How is the flow of dramatic tension? You know, how have we set up the stake clearly enough? Do we need more insight into this character in this moment? So you're kind of there to try and keep some broader perspective on how it's all coming together. Have you done much work as a script editor? Um, not a huge amount. I'm increasingly uh, finding those opportunities are coming my way, I guess, because um, there is a lot of interest in sort of emerging voices and, and getting uh, stories from people that haven't necessarily had a bunch of screenwriting experience but have a really interesting story to tell. Um, so partnering them up with people who 
you know, have a little bit more experience, but maybe can just help the crafting on the screenplay craft front. So I'm getting, getting more of that kind of stuff, um, at the moment, which is, I really enjoy doing it. Cool. Yeah. Why, what, what parts do you enjoy? Is it the collaboration? Is it the getting to look at, you know, not having to get so into the weeds of a script and story, you know, like you just Definitely said? Definitely part of that, like less, less anxiety inducing. Um, and yeah, always love collaborating. Like it's my favorite part of the yeah. process is the writer's rooms. Uh, and also I think, you know, there are just so many interesting people with interesting stories and great ideas and working on projects where you're like, I just never would have come at it from this angle. I never would have thought of this or just like my world experience would never have equipped me to engage with a story like this. Um, so you get to be part of something, um, that's really cool and really exciting that you might not necessarily have ever generated yourself. So I think that's the great benefit of it is just working with such a variety of writers with great, great ideas, great stories. Um, so yeah, we're all, Sorry, yeah, John. I was just going to say they're the, they're the two things that are keeping me pretty busy at the moment. And I'm also just kind of starting to put the, the bones in place for a new project that um, is going to kick off in June. So trying to get myself organized so that I'm walking into the writer's room for that project with plenty of ideas and um, having done plenty of thinking on it. So you can get straight into the into the plotting, into the nitty gritty of it. Where on the scale of stress and workload are you? Uh, I'm in a good place. Much. You're in a sweet spot at the moment? In a sweet spot. I definitely was feeling under the pump. Um, you know, last year, a show that I had written a bunch of episodes of was going into production. So there was a lot of drafts kind of needing to be turned around under a quite quite a quick time frame, and I was also writing a series for the ABC at the same time, so I was juggling a lot, and I felt quite um, burnt out at the end of last year. But this year, it's things are sort of falling in a way that means I'm not I'm only ever doing one or two things at a time rather than like three, four, five, which is when the brain starts to give up on you. That's great. This is cool. I, like, as it feels like there's been times in the past where we've caught up in person and like i remember there was a, a time where you're like i don't know what i'm what's happening next year oh yeah. you know i remember it was the end of last year that's still the same like you uh, for me it's changed a little bit in that i will usually at least know sort of 3 months ish like what the next 3 months look like but there's always that fear of like is this the last one uh and it's going to go quiet after this and so you're always living in a state of kind of fear and insecurity i think all freelance artists are to some degree unless you know they've reached that point of success where they feel pretty confident that they're going to keep working um but yeah you know in theory this is the direction you want it to be going in to be getting less scary as you go on i remember on the episode we had with um sarah walker she was telling us about her really long career in Australia before she went anywhere near the United States. Do you have any sort of long-term plans to build up a acum here or a reputation to then go over to somewhere like Los Angeles? Is that, have you thought about that? Or are you just, for now, happy to try to make a living here? I mean... Definitely thought about it and have definitely done the trips there and done the rounds of meetings and that sort of thing. But 
I think for me, I can't imagine ever going there now, just like packing a bag, moving there and starting again, knocking on doors, trying to get a foot in the door. I think the way, if it ever were to happen, the way it would happen is that, you know, you make something here that catches the attention of international um, companies and international people and and you follow those opportunities there rather than just turning up um, and, and hoping for the best. So definitely open to it. I mean, who wouldn't want more resources, more money, more, yeah. you know, more creative <laughs> more freedom, time. all of those things yeah. that come with the, the larger industries in the UK and the US. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you just COVID alone has sort of changed that. I know things are improving in California particularly, but just the idea of going to Los Angeles still feels a little far off. Yeah. And increasingly, uh, I think that last year, you know, they've become much more open to the idea of Zoom and doing general meetings over Zoom and, and writers' rooms are often happening over Zoom. So it may be oh, that cool. it becomes a lot more accessible if it continues to go in this direction, that you can work on US projects from Australia, which would be amazing. Um, I've, I've had an experience recently that I'd love to get your perspective on because I know that it's something that happens a lot. So something that I've been working on for like close to a year with my friend and brilliant writer Evan Williams. He writes all the co-writes all the sketches with Mark Humphries for Seven Thirty, and just a really great satirical um, mind. Very funny person. We had this idea, and we've been working it out. We've been uh, we. I sent an outline to you months ago, like a you know a very early version of the outline, and uh, the the general synopsis the general plot to sum it up pretty quickly is it's about it's about a couple who set a date for when they're going to break up because it was a thing that evan and i talk about love and life and relationships a lot and it's something that we've both experienced and we think it's a pretty sort of contemporary thing these uh couples who who break up amicably because there is something else which uh, makes being in the relationship impossible, which usually are like, you know, things about being in uh, the modern day, which is like, I want to go live overseas, these sort of things, those kind of breakouts where it's like, hey, no hard feelings. Well, I'm a lot less than usual, but I need to go and do this for myself to feel fulfilled and to, to feel like I, you know, I'm not missing out. And the other person going, great, I understand that. I support you. It hurts, but I get it. So... The idea was it's a couple who have that sort of breakup, uh, but on the night they're going to tell their friends, one of their friends surprises them with that they're engaged, like this other couple, and our main couple are in, are invited. They're like the guests of honor. They were they were part, uh, integral to them meeting in the first place, so they have to come. So they decide we won't tell anyone and we'll just go to the wedding and then we'll break up afterwards. So we'll enjoy ourselves because we still get along. And we'll have like this relationship victory lap holiday. And then we'll go our separate ways. So, the thing that was so sort of intriguing to us was that it was like a rom-com in reverse. It wasn't like, will they, won't they get together? It's will, it was, will they, won't they stay together at the end of this? Will they actually decide to break up? Uh, so, we worked on this for like a long time. Just, you know, because we both have full-time lives. Uh, he's writing, I'm doing the radio and stuff like that. So very slowly over time, we, we wrote a, an outline which we were pretty happy with and we were just starting to write pages of the screenplay when 
uh, a producer friend, Eleanor, sent us an email one day saying, hey, have you guys seen this? And clicked on it, and it was a link to the trailer for a movie called We Broke Up. And the similarities are creepy. It is about a couple who decide to break up, but then they have to go to a wedding, so they decide to break up, like, after the wedding. And our thing was oh, called man. We Set a... Our thing was called We Set a Date. Their thing is called We Broke Up. The fact that it's a... Like, it, it from... I haven't seen the film, but just from what I gather from the trailer, it's a bit more straightforward. In that one, the guy proposes, and she, like, vomits in reaction, so it's... And so he... Bre- breaks up with her because obviously she doesn't want to be with him long term. Ours was a bit more like heady. We, we, we're both big Richard Linklater heads so it was going to be a long conversations about <laughs> love and life and relationships but the similarities were mm. so devastating and um, so now we're in a position where a year's work is just thrown out the window. Yeah, it um, it sucks. <laughs> And uh, and and that is but all I have to say. But from what I understand, it's not uncommon. <laughs> it's not uncommon at all, and it and it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. And yeah, it's happened to me. It's happened to you know almost every writer I know in in one way. I mean, that is kind of crazy similar. Um, I know people that have had projects that are just about to go. You know, they're like almost into production. And Ooh, some external yeah. um, event in the world has suddenly made that not a viable project anymore. You know, like. Well, you mentioned in an earlier episode how many people with their pandemic spec scripts or something where there's a contagion yeah. have gone, ah, no one's going to want to watch this or make this at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the thing I would say is that it's not necessarily... Okay, it's, first of all, it's never wasted work. You were flexing the writing muscle, uh, which is never a bad thing. The second thing I would say is this film may bomb. It may be terrible. It may disappear without a trace to the point where <laughs> no one remembers it and it's still, you know, there's still space in the market. Another option is that it does so well that then there's everyone's going, where's our version of we broke up? Um, and you, you guys are like, here's one. Um, yeah. Or it goes into a draw and, you know, it, years roll by and then there's an appetite for that kind of movie again. And it feels fresh enough because a decade's passed or, you know, whatever there's, I would never say that it's just like a dead end at this point. It's it's so frustrating and it's so crushing, but it's um, you know there is there is still life for that project, and you know and if not if it does turn out that it just doesn't doesn't end up going anywhere, it's you know you've you're a better writer for having done it. Yeah, cool. That's uh, I was thinking along those lines, but that's nice, and that's a nice way to put it up. That there's, it's no like there is no such thing as waste wasted work. Mm-hmm. That and we are already having conversations about using sort of different themes and issues for something else. Um, but that's uh, yeah, that's a, a recent experience that I'm still reeling from a little bit. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, that helps put it put it in perspective. But and you can and take can some happen. comfort in that you were like tapped into an idea that is in the zeitgeist that people, someone, a producer somewhere, did want to make. Like your, it it's, should be reassuring that your taste is marketable and it's on the right track. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think, just about it for this uh, First 10 Pages Diary edition. We'll be back next time with Grant Spatori, the co-writer and director of I Am Mother. He's chosen Jurassic Park, which, Kia, this will be our second Spielberg uh, movie coming out. Will it? I mean, he didn't write. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We did uh, Indiana Jones. We did indeed. We did indeed. Yeah. So look um, out for that. Yeah. Jurassic Park. One of my faves. I'm excited about that one. And I can't really think of the first 10 pages uh, at the moment. And in, and in fact, like, I don't think the first 10 pages from what I can think of here and now are by any means the most interesting part or like the most no, juicy, no. hooky parts of it. So, yeah, find out. We'll, uh, we'll get into that. That should be out next week. But uh, in the meantime, happy writing, Kia. Happy writing. Talk soon. <laughs>